GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. Don't get caught in the hype cycle. I'm Kyle. It's not Jaybird today, but I'm Kyle Reedhead, and I'm not joined by my co-host. Instead, Raul, our boy from Web3 Academy, is taking over, and that's because Jay is having the baby. Friends, family, Web3 Academy is minting a new human, and I will let Jay introduce all that more in another episode, so I don't want to take his thunder away, but that's why Jay's not with us. Him and Sam are healthy and so is the baby and we're so excited, but that's why Jay's not going to be here today. But Jay, myself, Sam, the new baby, Raul, we all believe that Web3 is going to change the world and that's why we're covering a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. Today, we are going to be talking about EIP 6551, which is NFTs, inside of nfts you may have heard of this and it sounds a little crazy and a little bit weird we did do a write-up about this in our newsletter if you're there so you would already be in the know but we're going to dive deeper into this and explain why putting tokens inside of nfts is a really big deal and what this means for the space but as i said we're going to do this a little bit differently usually we record this specifically for the podcast on our own behind the scenes but today we decided to record this live in a Twitter space, and we plan to do this on a weekly basis. Why? Well, this allows us to engage more with the community and allow you, the listeners, to give feedback, to ask questions, and do that while we're recording the podcast. So the sound will be a little bit different. Well, we're going to work on that and see if we can get better quality, but we hope that this is pretty good as is so far. But you'll notice that this allows us to bring experts from the Web3 community into these conversations more frequently throughout the show. So anyway, we hope that you enjoy this new Twitter space, which we're going to be doing and recording at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every single Monday. And then, of course, as usual, this will go on the podcast for everyone to listen to like you are right now. But friends, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy this one. And let us know there is a poll. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a poll which you can listen to or sorry, you can answer there. Please answer that to let us know if you like this type of content course it's our first time so we will improve it as we go if you're watching on youtube just throw us in the comments and finally join the discord and feel free to reach out there for more feedback that would be super helpful now before we get into this episode let's take a quick second to hear from our sponsors the future of social media is here and that future lives in web3 on top of lens protocol web2 social platforms are broken and ripe for disruption you see the epicenter of social media is the creators and yet they are the most neglected web2 platforms like facebook TikTok and Instagram are all essentially robbing creators of their worth. Creators are a new type of entrepreneur, forming new types of businesses. Yet with Web2 platforms, creators don't own their content or the profiles, and that's their product and business. Instead, they are tied to the platforms they choose to create on. Well, just like how crypto is freeing us from banks, Web3 is freeing us from these centralized platforms. On Lens Protocol, creators own their content, own their profile, and even their social graph and followers in the form of NFTs. This allows you to move freely from one social application to another with your content, profile, and followers moving along with you. Lens Protocol enables self-sovereignty for your social graph and interoperability across the internet. At Web3 Academy, we believe this is the future of social, and that's why we partner with Lens to ensure that the path of social media is heading in the right direction. Visit lens.xyz to learn more today. What's up, y'all doers? We're seeing signs on chain of the very early stages of a crypto bull run. There's a big wave coming and we want to make sure you're on it. 
now's the time to capitalize on the opportunity. How you ask? By starting to practice consistent dollar cost average buys into strong network-based assets like Ethereum and Bitcoin. However, when buying, please make sure to use a trusted exchange. Our newest sponsor, ByDeFi, is a reliable exchange that offers you a platform to turn your fiat into crypto. They also offer awesome rewards, allowing you to earn up to $2,800 for completing easy tasks like setting up two-factor authentication and verifying your identity. If you're eager to get into the market, get started with ByDeFi now by visiting ByDeFi.com, that's B-Y-D-F-I.com, or clicking the link in the description below. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone who's joining. Today, we're talking about EIP 6551, NFTs inside NFTs, Russian doll vibes. I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but Kyle is here to explain as best I can. But hopefully those listening in here will allow others to come up and chat as well. So if you're dying to to help explain EIP 6551 to the world, we will let some people come up and share as well. This will go on as a podcast. So we usually do a Web3 debates, we call it. Uh, this isn't a debate today, but we're going to start recording them here in Twitter instead of just for the podcast. So that way we can uh, engage here with the community and do more Twitter spaces and then also throw that up on Spotify and iTunes afterwards. So that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. You've never done it before. And then I guess to add a little bit further here, Jay will not be joining because Jay actually just had a baby. So Jay is currently in the hospital. He did have the baby boy, by the way, Roll just had it. I just saw a picture and the baby is healthy. Sam is healthy. And uh, everyone's just tired. The mint was successful. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the mint, no issues. Tech worked. So all is well. Can we see them on chain? <laughs> the baby is not on chain just yet, but one day soon. He's not going to make it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we just start and we'll see if others join as we go. But I'm not sure what kind of intro we need to do for the podcast. Or we do that one later, Raul. We should do on later. I don't think I'm prepared. Yeah. GM, GM. <laughs> so let's get started. Yeah, let's get started. So today we're talking about EIP 6551. It's also known as token bound accounts. So for those of you here on our Twitter spaces, you've probably heard this term on Twitter a lot lately. It basically came up at Denver, and we're here to explain what's going on and how you can benefit from this tech. So Kyle, why don't you start us off by giving us an explanation on this new tech? Yeah, so I'm just going to keep it super simple. I mean, I went to your academy. We tried to stay out of the weeds of the tech. And I'm sure there's other people that are either in here or are explaining in different ways and more in depth in terms of how the technology actually works. What I want to focus this conversation on after just explaining what it is, is more what does this mean for us? Like, how can we use this? How does this change the way that we create businesses or the way that we just like implement this tech inside of our businesses? Essentially, what EIP 6551 is, it is exactly what it sounds like is NFTs inside of NFTs. Really, it's tokens inside of NFTs. So you can have ERC-20s like fungible tokens, or you can have ERC-721. So like a, an NFT inside of your NFT, you could think of it like your NFT acting like a wallet, which is why you call it token bound accounts. It's not actually a wallet. You don't like get a new seed phrase or something like that. So it's not a wallet per se, but it does essentially allow you to store or interact with other tokens inside of a token. That's kind of the basic explanation of it. Now, why would you want to do this? And why is this even a thing? Like, what's the point? And there's many ways to explain it. But I think the easiest explanation of this is think of it like a folder on the internet. 
right? So an NFT is just a, a wrapper for any media file, right? Whether that's JPEG, whether that is an MP3, an MP4, or really anything else. That is what an NFT actually is. And just like in on our computers today or on our phones, we have folders for JPEGs, right? If you are trying to sort your photos you took on a vacation, typically you don't have them spread out everywhere. You put them inside of a folder that you've titled, you know, X vacation, right? Same with when you are, I don't know, interacting with a game somewhere and you're buying things inside of, I don't know, let's say it's a game inside of Facebook or a game inside of whatever, they're all stored inside that game. The kind of weird thing about Web3 is like if you use one wallet for all games, all apps, all photos, all music, it's just all in one wallet, which gets a little, I mean, if you use this stuff enough, it gets very, very unorganized and it's hard to see what's actually going on inside of someone's wallet. Even yourself, if you're trying to use your wallet, it gets very difficult because everything is everywhere because everything is a token and they're all just stored in your wallet. So it would be like having all of our files all on your like desktop and just like there's no organization to any of it, right? That's where this will go if we don't have some sort of way to organize. And so what this does is basically allows us to organize in whatever we want. Think of a couple easy use cases to wrap your head around this. Right now, everyone's collecting music NFTs. This is kind of a big thing that everyone's doing. And maybe you're curating a list for those music NFTs. Well, instead of just having 500 music NFTs all in the same wallet and beside your pictures and your JPEGs and your membership passes and your Uniswap tokens, instead what you can do is have a album or a playlist, right, as an NFT. You can title it something, have some design art for it, and that's an NFT. And then certain music can go inside of that folder, right? So that's an easy way to sort of just wrap your head around why this might make sense. But there's many other ways. Let's think gaming for a second. We always talk about that. This is kind of the most popular one I think that people have explained for this is if you are, you know, you have an avatar or something inside of a game and you're in there and you're playing it and you're earning different skins or you're earning different weapons or whatever that might be. Again, you might want to store that or somehow accompany that with that avatar, right? And so now you can just store it right inside of there. And if you were ever to sell that avatar or someone bought it off of you, those weapons or those skins could go along with it. And it just makes that experience much easier. One, to see, so kind of the UX is improved, but then also to sell or buy, it makes it much easier because it's all in kind of one transaction as well. So there's just a couple quick ideas to help you wrap your head around it. And then uh, I'll throw it back to you, Ro, if you want to add anything or maybe ask the next question to go with that. Otherwise, we can go into more ideas of how we might use this because I think that's the most interesting aspect of this all. Yeah, I think one thing to add is that this protocol is already existing. So if you want to use this, you can, it's already live. It was an EIP that was proposed, it was accepted, and it's fully live. You don't need to sign into anything or opt into anything. So if you see anything sketchy, just don't sign those transactions. Roel, does Um, that mean all NFTs currently can work as this? Or do you need to create the NFT in this sort of standard? Any NFT that you have in your wallet? can be used as this. I used my the NFT that I minted from Coinbase, the Stand With Crypto NFT. Mm-hmm. I sent an NFT inside that NFT. So it works. Interesting. Very cool. Yep. So yeah, why don't you uh, go into more practical examples of how this could change the way we like interact with NFTs and with the uh, internet overall? Yeah, so a couple other interesting ones that I've seen and those that are in here listening, if you guys have other ones, feel free to, I think you can wave your hand in Twitter spaces. Would love to hear some examples you've seen as we build this out. The way I see this going is basically everything gets tokenized in the future. And everything, I mean, like our homes will be tokenized. And by our home, what I mean is like the ownership contract for the home. And I think like the ownership for our car will be tokenized. And that make, allows us to 
value things and sell things much easier, right? We can put it on the marketplace immediately instead of having to get someone else to do it. You don't need lawyers, et cetera. Now, what comes to that that can be really cool is there's also dynamic NFTs, which means it can update NFTs based off things that you do. We talked about this before in another episode about cars and how, for example, if you get in an accident and you need repose, you can, like, let's say you get that credentialized. It's a soulbound NFT that sticks with your wallet or sticks with that specific NFT of your car so that you can see that there is a damage on this day and here's what was done to fix it. And that sort of like is an NFT that sticks with that to, to be like a stamp of approval or whatever. And every time you get any work done, that happens. The other thing you think of with cars, think of like Tesla, for example, which is basically a computer on wheels. You can upgrade this car anytime you want and it has subscriptions. So you can buy like a membership package to get the like faster package for the Tesla. You can do it for like other, there's a million different things you can do in a Tesla. Think of it like an app store almost, but for your car, that's what Tesla's doing. And so if you have all these subscriptions and these memberships, well, it'd be really weird to sell your car and then also just still have those memberships paying for them and not give those to the other person. And so if you think about once we tokenize the car, we tokenize the memberships, those memberships can live inside the ownership of that car, that NFT. And when you sell the car, those memberships go along with it. And now the person who bought your car and the rights to it now has the rights over those memberships. So they can cancel them, they can continue, they can do whatever they want. So you can see how this will play out in that sense. Same with the home. Obviously, there's many things that go along with your home, whether that be insurance or renovations or whatever else. Again, subscriptions play a role there, whether it's like your smartphone or your smart technology inside of the home. All of that can be held inside of that. So those are some additional things. The main thing that Raul and I were actually talking about that I thought was very interesting is like, again, why do we really want to do this? And I think what's cool is your wallet is probably going to have many identities. For example, you might be a gamer. And so you might have an avatar that you use for your game. I talked about the use case of that. But then you also might be an art collector. You might be a bit of a degen that like plays around with trading. And maybe you have, a I don't know, a community that watches what you do trading. And so you might have a bit of a different identity for each of those, right? You might have a different image to represent each one of those, call them businesses. If you have a gamer business, let's say you play Axie Infinity, you have a trader business and an art collecting business. It's very common to have multiple businesses in today's world. And so now what you can do is basically host those businesses with a specific identity, and that could be a PFP, it could be whatever. And you can go and accumulate things inside of that like sub business that's inside of your wallet. So at the top of it, you can think of this like a pyramid of, a, of businesses. So you have kawreadhead.eth. And then underneath that, I have three other ENS domains, right? One is like gamer.eth, artcollector.eth, and whatever.eth, right? Those are NFTs. And then within those can be all the things that I earn or the things I want to show off or the things that I, whatever I'm doing can be underneath that and they can be branded by those. So what that means is for someone to see what that gamer has done, right? What are they doing? Instead of going to kavrita.eth and seeing everything in my wallet, which is just going to get confusing for you, you now just go to the wallet address or the contract address of the NFT and you can see specifically what's happening for that one part of the business, the part that you care about, rather than seeing my entire wallet right? So it allows you to start like organizing your identities or the things that you're doing on the internet, internet, which many of us all do many different things. Some of us are on Reddit talking about tech. Some of us are on Twitter talking about investing, right? Some of us have a business that we're running digitally. So we're always doing many different things. This allows us to have multiple identities and then organize those identities for everything that you're doing across the internet. And I think that is super cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of this concept and when they first understand it, they're like, 
oh, these are just useless folders for my NFTs, like PFP NFTs, which is kind of useless if you think about it that way. But like when you think about it further, there's a lot of use cases that can come out of this. I know a community member, he proposed that he was airdropping like a chapter in a book. And then from every week or he would make people do certain quests and then airdrop certain chapters in that book to tell a story like over time right the possibilities are endless it's just like up to you what you can imagine to do with this well when you think about one other thing from the business perspective one of the cool things about tokens is that as a business owner and having a an audience that's on chain i can go and look and see what other communities they're part of what interests they have what they're doing based on what tokens hold in their wallet but what's even cooler about this is if someone has multiple identities on the internet which many of us do and the one that interacts with my business is their gaming one, for example, then the other ones are not really as relevant. And so instead, I can go and look at what interests they have specifically in their gaming side of their identity, right? And again, that can only be done to this unless they have multiple wallets. But that would just be, again, I wouldn't know who that is. I wouldn't know what other wallets are associated with that person. So it allows me to get more granular, more specific to the data points that I want to see of that person and their interests. So I think there's actually going to be some really cool data collection stuff with this, though I don't know exactly how that's going to work yet. There's probably no tools that are actually doing this, but I can see that being like an extra layer of data analytics, which will help you understand your customer and they're like that point of your customer more specifically. So I think that could be really cool as well. Yeah, I think we're super early. So we still need to see apps being built by developers. Yeah which I think it's the perfect time to, to ask this question. So I got this question from a community member before this live, and I think we're going to open this space as well uh, for any questions. But I just want to ask this question. If I'm a developer and I want to build with EIP 6551, what should I start with? And like, what should I keep in mind? That's the question that I got asked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get this question a lot of people who want to use tokens, but they're like, well, what do I use it for? And right. I want to launch an NFT, but what should I launch? I want to launch a token, but what should I launch? And I mean, the, the easiest answer to this is like, again, the token is not your business. You don't launch an NFT, just launch an NFT. You launch an NFT because it solves a problem for you, right? It solves a business problem for you, or it works as a marketing tool for you. So what's the use case? Why do you want to launch uh, EIP 6551 type token, right? Is it because you're building something? Like I had um, a community member who told me that they are doing, they are selling parking spaces in Australia and they are tokenizing those parking spaces. And they were already building this out. And then when this came along, they were like, we quickly adapted our tech to include this because what if you want to own multiple parking spaces? Now you can put them all under one and sell them together. And I was like, there you go. Perfect. Here's a solution that this technology and the CIP does for you that just makes your business better and better UX. So again, you just got to be thinking like, what is the token that you're creating and how can, like, what problem is it solving for you? And does having it as an EIP 6551 does incorporating that into it make your life easier or make the business better or make it a better product for the user, that's where you got to be thinking of. So how does it solve a problem for an individual? That's how every business works. So don't just use a token because you want to use a token. Use it because it actually makes the experience better or makes the value more or it unlocks something for, for the individual. Right. That's great advice. And I think it's important to emphasize on that. Okay, so if anyone has any questions, we can take any. So you can just raise your hands and I can just invite you to speak. But in the meantime, until we get any questions... Oh, sorry, Kyle, did you want to say anything? Yeah, I had a question. Someone, because we wrote a newsletter on this as well, and I had, uh, I think the guy's name was Rob. He asked on Twitter as well, 
And he just asked the security risks of this. Does this add any additional risk? So I just wanted to answer that as well. I think that's quite important. From a technical standpoint, I honestly don't, I don't know a ton about it. So I have no idea in terms of how the code works. And also just remember, this is something completely new. And so likely there are going to be exploits and there are going to be problems. There always are every time there's any new tech, right? That's just how this stuff works. And not even just in crypto. I mean, all new tech. AI, risks are coming with it, right? Robotics, risks are coming with it. And so what do you do when you invent something brand new? You experiment with it and you find the problems with it. And so now, thankfully in this space, everything's for the most part is open source. So when a problem happens with one company or one use case, everyone gets to learn from it and can adapt right away. That's one of the amazing things about Web3. And so whatever you're doing with this, if you want to experiment with it, first, I would say don't put high value stuff in this just yet because we just don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And um, so just why add additional risk just to play around and experiment? Do this with low value or no value things just to play around with it first. One of the things I could think of that could go wrong here is one of the common phishing attacks, right? Is, I mean, phishing attack could just like exploit your entire wallet and take everything. Or sometimes you might sign and just take one token. Now, if that token is holding 10 tokens, right? Your board at Yacht Club is also holding your Mutant at Yacht Club and all your eight coin tokens and whatever else. If they take that one board at Yacht Club, they now take all of those tokens associated with it. So, I mean, the same risk is there in terms of like, it didn't make stealing your board at Yacht Club any easier but it made the value that goes with that, you know, larger. And so just be careful on that, right? It's possible to steal tokens. And so we always say in this space, like you want to diversify, right? You want to have multiple wallets that hold, you know, different parts of your tokens and your value. So it's not all in one spot. It's not one honeypot, as you call it. So I would say, don't just for the fun of it, put all of your, you know, most high valuable assets into one, just because you're like, I'm going to make an art gallery. Unless you're actually making our gallery that requires them to be in the EIP 6551 scenario, then maybe just don't do that right now because you just want to be as secure and safe as possible. We just don't know what can happen. So I would just say be extremely careful. I don't know in terms of like the technology and the code, like I have no idea, but anytime new something new comes out, you just, you got to be careful first. Right. And I think it's important to understand that these NFTs act like wallets, but they're not like individual wallets. They're controlled by one main wallet. Mm -hmm. So if you think that you're diversifying away by storing in, into these different wallets, into like these NFTs, you're still like exposing yourself to, to the risk that you get your main wallet hacked and then you lose everything else with it. So yeah, this is super important to emphasize. Raul, I got a question for you. You said that you use this already. Can you just walk us through what that was like? I'm sure there's many listening that are like, hey, I want to do this. How do I even like send something into an NFT? And like, then can I look at it? Where do I do that? What was your experience like? Yeah. The main hub for this to use TBA's token bound account is to go to tokenbound.org where you can like search for any NFTs that are existent. I tried with my uh, stand with crypto NFT, which was a free mint. So I just took that address, I put it on token bound, I searched for it, I got the wallet address that was generated for that NFT in particular, and then I sent an NFT to that wallet. And then to see that NFT inside that NFT, I had to still go to token, tokenbound.org, tokenbound.org, where you can like search for any NFTs that are existent. I tried with my uh, stand with crypto NFT, which was a free mint. So I just took that address, I put it on token bound, I searched for it, I got the wallet address that was generated for that NFT in particular, and then I sent an NFT to that wallet. And then to see that NFT inside that NFT, I had to still go to token, token bound 
dot org to know you know visualize this right i couldn't see that uh, on like OpenSea or something yet right no that's the thing like these apps the interfaces will have to integrate this with time which i think they will right. but for now you can do this only on token bound right so now you gotta think the whole ecosystem's gotta update right we've got to build new marketplaces new use cases that can like allow for this to actually work and function so you imagine this is going to change marketplaces because now they're going to show not just an nft what's inside of it and now are things priced differently can you start to you know bid on things like just inside of it and take like half of them instead of all of them do you got to take the whole thing like so there's going to be a lot of new scenarios that come out here which would be quite interesting i think yeah right now a board ape can hold i don't know a moon bird and the price does not reflect that because no one knows that unless you go to token right. or it's token bound and then you, you search for that particular board ape to see what it holds i can't value the whole folder it can just value the one token at the moment yeah exactly Very and that's another problem like once you're gonna be able to value like that nft based on what it holds inside it it's gonna be like more difficult to sell the nft like nfts are illiquid as they are like i mean for pfps obviously and like having things inside it will be just even harder because it will be more expensive to to sell it right i have one question before i ask that i just saw brad from lens just joined in i don't know if you have time to talk at all or if you know anything about eip6551 but wondering how this if this impacts web3 social at all so i can just see like lens protocol everything is everything's nft all your followers all of your content is nft and so i can see this being a way where you can start to curate content whether that be like i don't know quotes or images like kind of like pinterest right pinterest is all like folders of content i can see that being a thing brad left so i guess he can't uh, he can't add any insight here but i could see that all <laughs> these back i could also see like follower lists you think of twitter we create lists of top you know web3 marketers or whatever so you can see what they're all saying and then you can share those lists with others right now right now we do this in the twitter world but if you did it on lens for example you might be able to have all of those accounts which are nfts inside of that list and then you could sell that list or share that list and once someone takes that list now all of a sudden they're automatically following all these accounts so i could see it in organizing and social as well <laughs> hey guys i would kind of join this i didn't get <laughs> proper like approvals or anything i just wanted to pop in and give a little leave a little trail here um, go check out sapiens nft number zero check out what it's holding think about what it means for pfps to be able to have a social presence and that's all i'll say <laughs> See, what was that again sapiens can can you say uh what the sapiens nft project sapiens nft project number zero cool for those that are listening on the podcast this is gonna go on the podcast we'll put the link to it in the show notes and you can take a look those that are in here in the twitter space go have a look if someone happens to check it out you can let us know here raul how does this work for soulbound nfts i imagine i can't well maybe i can i don't know why i would but put something into a soulbound nft or vice versa can I put a soulbound NFT into an NFT? And then if I sold that NFT to someone else, would those soulbound ones go with it? Have you seen anything about that? Or does anyone know? What ERC standard is that for soulbound? Is it still uh, the same as normal NFTs? Uh, no, I don't think so. It is something different. I can't remember what yeah. it is. 721. I don't think No. So it is the same because our NFT, like for Webtree Academy, is a soulbound NFT because it's non-transferable, well, but it's still a 721. Okay, so maybe you can. Yeah. I tried to send some tokens to that, but I had some struggles. I, I don't know if it was just not supporting those tokens. It should be supporting those tokens. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure how that works. But I, I'm 100% sure that 
you won't be able to like get rid of your soulbound NFT if it's, it's coded in. So that's my presumption for now. But I think if you mint, like if you put the soulbound NFT directly into an NFT address, so a token bound account, it should stick to that one, right. I would assume, right? Which would make sense and would be very nice in the for the Tesla example where I said you might in the future we'll probably buy our cars the ownership of them will be as an NFT rather than a piece of paper that you sign and if you get like upgrades to it or you you get a car accident you need to get it fixed there will be like sort of credentialized repairs like a proof of fixing whatever that's going to need to be soul bound and it's going to need to be soul bound to the ownership of that car right because if I can just trade that and send it somewhere else well then I can just hide the fact that I had a repair. So yeah, I don't know if the tech works for that yet. In terms of the example that I gave of how I could see this all working, I think we will need it to work that way if it's possible. I don't know. I'm sure it is, but we'll see. Yeah, that's very interesting. Raul, any other questions? If anyone in here, I see a bunch of people have joined in. If you guys have questions, feel free to ask. We've got five more minutes before we end this. So if anyone has any either questions or thoughts or feedback, maybe you guys have played around with it. would love to hear what you guys are seeing or thinking. You can just raise your hand. If not, I think we're close to wrapping up. Raul, unless there's anything else on your agenda. No, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks so much for joining. We're going to be at, I'm actually flying to Lisbon in an hour. That's why I have to leave here because we're going to the Epic Web3 conference in Lisbon. If anyone here is going, I see a couple of people in here that I know are going for sure. We are hosting a, an event on June 8th and we'll have a big meetup for all Web3 people at, what's it called? A place called Beers in LX Factory. So make sure to come meet up there and grab a drink. And then uh, the conference is on the 9th. So hopefully if you're there, we'll see you. We'd love to meet up. Otherwise, friends, thanks so much for joining. We're going to be doing this every Monday at 12 o'clock, talking about the timely events happening in the space. And we'll be interviewing each other and slash bringing on other people. So make sure to continue to join and, and we'll see you here at Twitter Space. Also, if you missed the beginning, you can check this out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It will go live tomorrow uh, and you'll get the full review of this. Although I think it sticks around in Twitter as well. So lots of options. But anyway, friends, thanks so much. And uh, everyone have a, a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.